What's up, Overcomers? I'm so thankful you're here. It's an amazing day. It's a great day to have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button and do me a massive favor. It helps out so huge. Write a review. Give me a rating. It is amazing how much that helps. Thank you very much for being here and thank you for being you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pure Spectrum CBD. This stuff is a game changer. They are by far the gold standard by which CBD companies should be measured. My wife's been using the CBD face spray to make her even more beautiful than she already is. She uses the bath salts when she takes her bath. I've been using a topical cream help out after I lift a massive, probably 17,000 pounds. Um, And all my muscles are sore. I'm just kidding. I've also been using the under the tongue drops. It helps out with my sleep. It increases, improves my mood, my overall mental health. I'm telling you, this stuff is a game changer. Visit PureSpectrumCBD.com and use promo code OCY to save up to 10% on your order. That's PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use promo code OCY and save up to 10% on your order. My guest today is Kevin Hines. He's a mental health advocate and suicide prevention leader. He gives talks all around the world, all around the countries. He especially does talks to like high schools and colleges and with the armed forces. And he actually tried to take his life by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, for those of you that don't know, unfortunately, thousands of people have taken their life off that bridge. And he is one of five people that can walk, talk, and communicate after doing that. There are not too many survivors, and he writes about about it in his book, Crack Not Broken. And that book actually has a very has a very soft spot in my heart because it was actually the first book that I read, actually listened to it on the Audible after my suicide attempt. And it was the first time I heard somebody else talk about the things that he was saying to himself in his head, and it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And so you'll have to forgive me because I get a little bit choked up and a little bit emotional in this podcast because it was he's a very big reason why I started this podcast because his story helped me get through a really tough time. And I said, if his story helped me, maybe my story can help others. And it's now after talking to him, we've been uh, discussing some things and I'm looking to share my story a little bit more. But this man has, I don't think he has any other organs inside of his body other than a heart. All he wants to do is help people with mental health through telling his story and some things that's worked out for him. And I just really enjoyed it. And I hope you'll enjoy it too. So please welcome Mr. Kevin Hines. Mr. Kevin Hines, thank you so much for coming on the Overcoming You podcast. I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Glad to be here. I'm so grateful that you're having me. Thank you. I just hit my one-year podcast anniversary, and I think I have like 70 episodes out there, quite a few on Patreon and some unrecorded, so I think a little bit over 110 podcasts, and I got to be honest, this one here is by far the most special for me because I have two points of connection to you. I mean, I know you and I were just meeting um, for the first time here, so I'm going to try to keep uh, my emotions together for it. But your book, Cracked, Not Broken, was the first book that I read or rather listened to on Audible after my suicide attempt. And, you know, I went through 
this time of depression where I had such self-hatred, self-loathing. I felt like every person that ever came in contact with me, I was a burden on and their, their life would be exponentially better without me in it. And it wasn't until I listened to your book and finally heard somebody else say those same things. And I realized that I just, I realized I wasn't alone. And I realized that there were other people out there like me. And, you know, that's one of the big reasons why I started this podcast, because you were the first person that I heard that talked like me. And then after I started doing some research on mental health and suicide, I realized there was a lot more people like us out there. And if your story helped me, then maybe my story could help somebody else. And also the second connection that we have is there's a level of darkness or level of despair when you go to the edge of life and you back off versus go to the edge of life and you jump off. And I had something similar happen when I had my suicide attempt and sitting in that hotel room with my lips wrapped around the barrel and I could hear the click and nothing happened. And you had something similar happen where you went to the, on September 25th, 2000, went to the Golden Gate Bridge and jumped off. Now, for those of you listening that don't know, thousands of people have jumped off that bridge and it's not a cute statistic. It's not an exaggerated statistic, but less than 1% of those people live. And out of those 1%, five people have the ability to stand, talk, and walk. And you're one of those five people. This is one, a very special podcast for me because um, you're a very big reason why this podcast exists. And you're the very big reason why I've decided to spend the rest of my time, money, life, and effort helping as many human beings as humanly possible to try to overcome life's challenges. So I know that was a lot to, uh, to begin with, but I just want to say thank you for being you. and. Um, it just, your life and your story meant, meant, means a lot to me and it's helped me out a lot. Wow, brother. It means the world to me that the story had that effect on you in such a positive way. You know, when I hear people, people's lives been changed by the book or by the story, it really, uh, it amazes me every time. And I'm so grateful that you're doing what you're doing in this Overcoming You podcast. I'm sure it's something that is having a ripple effect around the world with who you're reaching. So now we're doing it together, my brother. So it's all good. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I wanted to have you on. Um, your story is absolutely amazing. And I know I just briefly glossed over it, but because you are such an expert in this field and because you speak from a level of experience, Kevin, there's something in the current climate that really scares me. And I don't need to spout the statistics to you. You already know, but just to reiterate for the listeners is that, you know, the second leading cause of death ages 10 to 34 is suicide. The fourth leading cause of death ages 35 to 54 is suicide. It's the 10th leading cause of death overall. And this statistic breaks my freaking heart is that the fastest growing group that has increased three times, threefold in suicide, depression, and anxiety are little girls ages 11 to 16. And I'm scared about the mental health of our society because of so much uncertainty with economics, with just every racial tensions, with all this type of stuff. I'm scared. I was already scared about where the mental health was. I'm even more scared now. So I really want to talk to you and I want to kind of speak to three kind of groups and that's not to pigeonhole 
everybody in these three groups, but one group is individuals like you and I. So to the people that maybe are going through depression or have suicidal ideation, then I also want to talk to the spouses and the friends because those are really the, I think the untalked about heroes in this because they do so much for you and I or so much for the people. And then I want to talk to those groups of people that don't think it can happen to them because I was one of them and it's a slippery slope. And if we don't do some things now, I'm afraid that they might slide back to that. So I wanted to start off, what do you think is the biggest common denominator with people with suicidal ideations? I think the biggest common denominator, denominator is, is very simple. It's lethal emotional pain. It's a pain that is so great and so overwhelming that you believe you have no other choice but to die by your hands. And that pain can come in many forms. It can come from uh, the loss of a loved one uh, abruptly. It can come from a diagnosed mental illness. It can come from general mental health conditions or disorders that you are unaware of but going through. It can come from uh, seeing hardships in life that are so traumatic, they stick with you and you end up in so much pain you can't bear it anymore. Uh, it, it really is that, that universal pain. And what I try to express to people, and I'm aware of their pain, I say, look, pain is inevitable. It's coming for all of us if it hasn't already. But suffering is optional. It's a choice. You, you can choose to thrive inside your pain. You can choose to hold gratitude inside your pain so you can always be resilient from it. Or you can succumb to it. And that's not to say that, that their troubles and, and struggles are not real. They're very real. It's not to say that we are, we're not invalidating those, that pain. We're letting you know that no matter what pain you've been through, no matter what pain you're going through, no matter what pain you are going to go through, you can defeat it if you believe in your ability to overcome that pain. It's about having faith in yourself and in the human condition to fight onward. And I think that people lose sight of that and they lose sight of the idea that this idea of, of lack of hope is a really big deal, lack of resilience and lack of hope. And I think if we can express to people that even if you don't see the hope, it's there. You just haven't walked far enough to reach it. And there's a, there's a faction of people in the mental health field who, who feel that this idea of hope is, is an illusion. Um, but really, that's a matter of perspective. Uh, and we don't want to invalidate their feelings or their thoughts or their emotions. But we want to let them know that the harder they work, the more mentally stable they can become. And that nothing good comes without hard work. Nothing. My father taught me that. My mother taught me to be kind and compassionate, loving and caring and empathetic and non-judgmental to every single person I come into contact with, no matter their behavior toward me, because you never know what they're going through or what they've been through. So on one side, if the general population of any society can become empathetic to someone in pain, and on the flip side, if someone in pain can recognize their true value and that suicide is never the solution to their problem, it is the problem, then they can stay here. They can be here tomorrow and every day after that. Um, I believe that everyone's life is, is valued. I believe that everyone has value and holds value and, and, and they can find hope, even, the, even in the darkest of their hours. I also believe that everyone is beautiful just as they are 
and that we're all a thousand times greater than the worst thing we've ever done. You know, we're quick to write off people that, that have hurt others, but only hurt people hurt people. So if you really truly hold empathy in your heart, you have to have it for everyone, not just for some people. Um, and so the way to get someone out of their painful moment is to be kind and loving to them, no matter what you're going through. Um, you know, because it, it's easy enough to be kind to a kind person. How hard is it to be kind to a mean person, an angry person, an aggressive person? You know, um, and I think that we often too easily write off people and their struggles. Oh, that he's a, he's behaviorally challenged. Oh, um, he's got ADD or, oh, he's got OCD. And, and we, and, and we, we don't get to the root of the problem. Uh, we, we just dance around it. Uh, we call it names. Well, that person is a human being and they need love too. And they need care and they need kindness and they need compassion just like everybody else. Yes, absolutely. So I want to kind of transition into some practical steps and I want to talk to that first group of people. I want to talk to the people that felt like you and I have that are down in the dumps that don't think they're worth anything that think they're a piece of, you know what, that think they're a burden on everybody. What's some advice that you can give them? And then what's some tactical, practical steps? What's like three things that they can do right now? If they're listening to this, if they're feeling down, if they're going, you know, Josh, you know, Kevin, you guys don't know, you you guys don't understand. You guys don't understand what I'm going through. Everybody hates me. I'm a piece of, you know, what, all of those things, what advice would you give them and what can they do right now to help move them out of that? Well, oftentimes these are individuals who feel completely alone. They feel completely alone, no matter if they're surrounded by a sea of people who love them. And what we're doing wrong in the suicide prevention and mental health community is saying, you're not alone. That completely invalidates how they're feeling. We've got to look to those people and say, you know what? I understand what it's like to feel alone. I've been there. I've experienced what you're experiencing right now. And I'm sorry you feel alone. But right now, I've got your back. I'm here for you. And you don't have to fight this fight all by yourself. You've got this shoulder to lean on and this shoulder to lean on anytime, any day of the week. And that really opens up for a conversation to be had about that pain they're going through and about how we can work together to get them through it. And so I think three things we can do right now is, one, stop saying you're not alone. It's, it's, not, it's not right. And it's not to put anybody down. Sure. But if someone says, I feel alone, validate that feeling. Don't invalidate it. Say, you know, I'm sorry you feel alone. I've been in your position. I've felt alone many times in my life. But guess what? I came out of that and I got better. Um, the next thing you want to do is find someone, whether it's you or somebody else, willing to regularly empathize with their pain and contact that person, reaching in so they don't have to necessarily always reach out and say, hey, how you going? You know, how, how are you feeling today? What can I do to help you today? Get through so you can be here tomorrow. And the third thing you want to do is talk to someone in their direct circle and let them know to look out for that, that loved one or that, that person that they might be caregiving to. Um, and help them be aware that empathy and lack of judgment are the key 
to getting people to be more resilient and more grateful in their situation. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, when we judge someone based on their mental incapacities and their mental struggles, we're only making them feel lesser of a human being. You know, they have human experiences. They need to be taught and retaught how to be kind to themselves. And so finally, I would say, have them look in the mirror every day. And instead of that self-hatred and that self-loathing, say, I love you. You're wonderful. You're beautiful just as you are. You're the greatest. You're a gift to this world. Mm-hmm. I literally did that every day for a year after my third psych word stab. Look in the mirror and I would reverse my negative inner critical voice and turn it into a positive one. By the end of that year, I didn't have to say it anymore. I knew it. Yeah. And let I, me, I want to jump, sorry, I want to jump in there real quick because this is one thing that, let me know if you had the same process through that because I did the same thing coming out. Try to do with positive affirmations and to anybody listening, if you're that far down in the depths or that far down in, in depression, you don't believe it. You think, Kevin, that is complete and utter BS. I can look in the mirror all day long and say, you're good looking. I love you. You can do anything, all, all, whatever positive information you want. You don't understand all of that is false. So for me, it had I had to do it even though I didn't want to do it, even though I didn't believe it. And mm-hmm. so can you let everybody know that I'm not alone on that, that for quite a while, it's going to feel like BS. It's going to feel like you're lying. It's going to feel fake. Is that correct? Did you have the same feeling? 100% true. I felt the exact same way. I thought this is a bunch of nonsense. What am I doing looking in the mirror telling myself these things? I feel like a a basket case. When in reality, what you're doing is reciting, repeating so you can believe. What is every faith in this world ever built upon? Recite. Repeat, believe, recite the prayers, repeat the prayers, believe the prayers. It's scientific. When you recite, repeat something in your brain, it becomes fact, whether it is true or not. Um, When we repeat things like, I love you, you're valued, you're beautiful, you're loved, as opposed to, I hate you, you're useless, you have no value, and you're worthless. Yes. You are changing the narrative of your brain pattern. you're shifting your neurons and your synapses in your brain to fire in a different way, in a positive way. And it may take a long time, but eventually your mind will catch up with your brain and you will believe what you are saying. It's about, it's called retraining the negative inner critical voice. There's a great book by Dr. Lisa Firestone and Dr. Robert Firestone. Um, uh, and I think, uh, Jill Catlett, uh, and they wrote a book uh, called Conquering the Inner Critical Voice. Mm. And it's, and Dr. Lisa Firestone and Dr. Robert Firestone are a father and daughter team. Uh, I work with them all the time at the Glennon Association. And they uh, have taught us the guide into how to reverse your negative inner critical thinking, way of living, and experience in life so that you can come forward and break through those barriers and be well again, really truly be well. Um, You know, I'm a a perfect example. I read their book, I learned their tools, I put it into action, it changed my life forever. So please, you know, consider if you are watching right now and you are succumbing to your own inner critical voice, A, getting that book, 
be understanding the recite, repeat, believe uh, theory and helping yourself shift the narrative in your mind. You have the power to do that. Let no one take that away from you. Yeah, 100%. But to the, the second group of people, um, maybe your wife, or at least I know my wife, my wife was one of the people that I felt so bad for because <clears throat> I don't think, and I think still to this day, I don't think she fully understands that it wasn't her, that she wasn't the reason. And I, I don't believe that there's something, I don't know if there's something that she could have done, but I don't believe there is. And I think it's unfair of me to say, yeah, if you did this, but what would you say to, or what things, if you don't mind sharing, what things have you said to your wife to let the, the halo of the individual that maybe is going through that, not, not take on the burden. And then maybe what's one of the things, maybe it's something you just said, but what's one thing that they can do um, if they have somebody going through that time right now, what's, what's a common misconception of the loved ones that you can tell. I think the common misconception of a loved one who, who cares about someone with mental pain is that that mental pain is a, a death sentence that the person is not going to make it past their, their depression. Uh, and I think that the individual who cares for the loved one with the, with the mental struggle, uh, it's gotta be one hell of a strong person. You gotta be, you gotta be a powerhouse of a person who can reconcile when your, your mate or your, or your, your significant other is going to hell and not blame yourself and not hold guilt on it and guilt with it. Your wife was not to blame for what you did. My wife is not to blame for, for, for my actions. Nobody is to blame for the actions of another. It's just that simple. We can influence people, 100%. We can influence people. We can influence people for negative or for positive. But we are not fully responsible for their actions. Uh, that, said, that said, there are ways as caregivers that we can help the person who is suicidal stay here. Um, but if we miss that, that window, if we don't see the signs mm -hmm. and something happens to them that's tragic, that's not our fault. That's not the fault of the caregiver. And I want to make that abundantly clear yes. to the people watching right now who have lost a loved one to death by suicide from lethal emotional pain, you are not to blame. It is not your fault. They did not die in spite of you. They did not die because of you. They died because of a lethal emotional pain that had nothing to do with you. Yes. You know, and that's in a, in a, in a situation where you're loving, caring, and kind to that person. Let's be, let's be crystal clear and completely transparent. There are situations when abuse and neglect are involved um, and you're affecting the person traumatically in a dangerous way that could lead to thoughts of suicide or even attempts. But I would even stop and say, hold the blame even there because of what I said earlier, hurt people, hurt people. You know, it's easy after a suicide to sit around and play the blame game. Oh, the, the girlfriend dumped him. It's her fault. Oh, the, the boyfriend or the fiance broke up, broke the, broke the, uh, the, uh, the nuptials and, and did this or that. Uh, oh, oh uh, he, he lost his job and he was fired that day and that's why he took his life. No, there are underlying 
mental health crises that are occurring within the individual before they attempt to take their life on the majority of occasions. If they're not going through a mental struggle, then there's also things like situational depressions and suicidal crises that occur. The loss of a job and the belief that you're, you can't get back from that. There are people that um, have found out they're going to prison and take their life because they didn't want to do the time. There's all kinds of situations where people in, uh, impulsively take their lives or attempt. Um, but one thing we know about, about those who have impulsively attempted to die by suicide and survived their attempt is that a great majority of them have come forward to say, just like I did with my attempt, it was an instantaneous regret for my actions and the 100% recognition that I just made the greatest mistake in my life and I thought it was too late. Yeah. And, and in that regard, people have come forward mm -hmm. to say, so that you can understand, if I just recognize that my thoughts did not have to become my actions, my thoughts did not have to own, rule, and define what happened next to me, I could have never attempted to take my life. Yeah. And, and so back to the point about your wife and, and, and frankly my wife and the people we love and the people who love us who are going through it, you know, sometimes just by physically being there, emotionally being there, or verbally being there, Right now we're in COVID time, so it's a little more difficult. Yeah. But sometimes that, that FaceTime or video chat can go a long way to keeping somebody here. Yeah, I can't, I can't agree with that enough. So just something that happened recently, these last probably about two, three weeks ago, my mental state, my mental health really started to get away from me. And I went down a very bad road. But luckily enough, I reached out and didn't say, hey, I was going through a bad time. Hey, I'm feeling like I'm a piece of um, SH and all those types of stuff. I just reached out to a good friend of mine. And once a week, I always work out. But once a week, we work out together. And he lives around the corner. Everything's work, both COVID safe, all that type of stuff tested. And I can't tell you that camaraderie of one time a week just for that hour and a half has drastically increased in a positive way my mental state and it's not because he's coming over and giving me some rah-rah speech he's he doesn't even know I, he may know now if he watches this podcast but he doesn't even know and so to anybody sitting there reach out to anyone and you don't have to necessarily tell them what you're going through but sitting there watching netflix doing a zoom call working out together something sort of positive it can drastically change the trajectory of your mental thoughts in that's just been the last three weeks, and I feel so much better mentally just from that making that one little change. And now I'm, I'm like, hey, if one's good, let me reach out to another friend. So now I'm setting up a time with another friend to just do a Zoom call and just stay connected. So I couldn't agree, just couldn't agree more. So um, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. Just real quick, I just, yeah. I, 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 I say this in all my podcasts. I'll say it on yours. Um, when you stop watching this, this piece and you contemplate what you're going to do next, I have a great suggestion for people at home watching. Get on the phone, get on FaceTime, get on Facebook Messenger, get on Zoom, get on Microsoft Teams, wherever you're going to go. Do a video call with three to five people you haven't talked to in a while that may need to hear from you. Tell them you love them. Tell them you care. Tell them you're here for them you will never know the massive impact it could have on so many lives just by you 
reaching out and saying how much you care. Yep, absolutely. What's up, Overcomers? I want to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Pure Spectrum CBD. They have a whole slew of products. My wife uses some. I use a whole bunch. But I want to talk about just one product. I use one of these products, the Black Label Under the Tongue Drops, the 2,500 milligram ones. And I cannot tell you the effects, the positive effects that this has had, the increase in my sleep, the overall mental health well-being, the reduction in depression, reduction in anxiety. I have never utilized a product and seen this types of positive effects. I want to make this very perfectly clear. This is in conjunction with a whole slew of other positive mental things I'm doing, eating right, working out, staying connected, not isolating, all those things. But I've never used one product and noticed a positive increase so quickly a few drops under the tongue i sleep better like i said my overall mental health i can tell i'm in a better mood my depression is lowered my anxiety is lowered pure spectrum cbd is by far the gold standard by which cbd companies and flat out just companies i've gotten to know some of these people at the corporate office and they are they are just salt of the earth type of people visit pure spectrum cbd and use promo code OCY. That's PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use promo code OCY and save 10% on your order. Now, back to the episode. And then the next group of people I want to ask you. So you have you speak all around the world, to high schools, colleges, to military. You do corporate events. You have seen and talked to so many people, but I wanted to... I want to ask you, and it's okay if I'm not correct, but I want to see if my thought process is correct only because this is what happened to me. So many people are listening to this podcast that wouldn't classify them as classify themselves as depressed, would never in a million years go to the lengths of committing or attempting to commit suicide. But what I'm scared about is what happened to me is that I was that person that never thought that I was from the outside and not pat myself on the back or anything. I was from the outside, the Robin Williams, the, um, the Chester Bennington, the, the happy go lucky life of the party type of person. But some things started to go wrong in my life. I, I had a huge business that crumbled or I was, went to go buy a $10 million corporation that crumbled. I got married. I started to feel worthless, this, that, and the other thing. And slowly, but surely I started to tell myself, you're a piece of shit. You're nothing. You're nobody. Your wife's going to, divorce you because you can't provide, you can't do this. Um, you know, you can't do all those things. And slowly and surely I slid down that road to the point where I was at that hotel ready to take my life. And that's what I'm scared about with the people right now that are listening that go, Oh, I just lost my job. It's just, just a downtime. Hey, I know that that's unfortunate, but if we don't take care of our mental health and we continue down this path and our drinking increases, and then maybe our drug use increases, and then our mental health, and then our self-talk gets worse and worse and worse. I fear that they could slip to your point and my point where we're there to take our own lives. Would you agree if the society right now that's going through a tough time, if we don't do something, they don't do something now for themselves that they could end up in a, in a bad spot? Well, Possibly. no, certainly, certainly if that, 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 that could be the case. Um, but that's why you need to build protective barriers around that possibility. So, so just like they're building a net at the Golden Gate Bridge right now to stop the suicides there for the rest of all eternity, as of 2023, not one more person will ever again die off the Golden Gate Bridge. And we fought for that for a very long time. But we, 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 we won that ability. Um, 
with the Bridge Rail Foundation, uh, founded by my father, Paul Muller, and Dave Hall. Um, and the huge advocates that work tirelessly for that. Just like they're doing that to protect society from itself, we need to spread the message that your mental health matters. You're okay when you're not okay, but you're not okay if you don't get help. Mm. So, so we want to spread a message of asking for help, but we also want to say to those who are unwilling to come forward, unwilling to recognize their pain, and maybe, maybe not just unwilling, but unaware that this could, this could get that bad. Um, it can happen to anybody. It can happen to anyone. Doesn't matter your race, color, or creed, or your ethnic makeup. Doesn't matter your religious affiliation or none. Doesn't matter your political background or none. What matters is that life happens, and it can take you down a rabbit hole. Um, So before that happens, to those of you who aren't there yet, build yourself a mental health emergency plan so that you know what to do when that time comes your way, if that time comes your way. Mm-hmm. I have a mental health emergency plan. All of my psychiatrists and doctors have the numbers to my family and friends. My family and friends have the numbers of my doctors. When I'm unself, not self-aware, they're able to see that, pinpoint that, make an assessment, and say, and call my doctors and say, how's Kevin going in his treatment? Uh, it's, it's about five people that I've opted into my plan, and they've got my back. And when I can't see the, the, the forest of the trees, they're there for me. Say, Kev, we're worried about you. Here's why. And I want to make sure you're safe. And because of that support, I stay safe and, and, yeah. and relatively sane. And I get through the, the, the bad time. I get back to a better one. Yeah, you have something awesome on your YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash Kevin Hines. It's the art of wellness. And I encourage anybody to go on there and watch it. It's a great series. But without giving everything away, what are some things that you talk about in that art of wellness that will help with mental health? It's a 10-step program. It's uh, 12 videos, 10 steps, three to five minutes each, easily digestible to bettering your brain, mind, behavior, mental health, and well-being today. Uh, People as far as Peru, Africa, China, and Japan, and all throughout throughout America have said, well, following this program, they see dramatic improvement in their mental health over a six to nine month period. It takes dedication, it takes drive, and it takes hard work, but it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that program I built for myself after my third psych ward stay of being forced into a psych ward uh, against my will. The next six psych ward stays, I walked in of my own volition because of this program. Um, and, uh, you know, that program, The Art of Wellness, and if you go to, the, go to YouTube.com slash Kevin Hines, uh, go to the playlist, go to the series, The Art of Wellness, um, and, and watch and download these videos, and then turn those videos into action. Um, and I'll give you three examples of them. Yep. The three E's, as I call them. Eating healthily most days, most meals. Educating myself as to my diagnosis, so I get a Google alert on bipolar disorder. I read it every time it comes out. And I understand one of the reputable proven forms of therapy and treatment that I can incorporate into my program and then I incorporate them. Eating healthily, educating myself, and exercise. Uh, those are the ones that really uh, come to mind, the three E's. There are you know, seven other steps, including the, the mental health emergency plan. But this is something that you can take 
you can incorporate. And it doesn't matter whether you have a diagnosed mental illness or not. Yes. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're not going through, these science-based, evidence-informed tools can help better your brain health, and they can do it in a matter of months. It's just about that hard work and that purpose. Yeah, and one thing that I want to just let everybody know is that when you're going through that, because each one of those things in and of itself is not going to cure or help. It's just like baking a cake. It's just like physical. You can't go and just do as much as us guys like to go to the gym and just do curls for the girls. We got to do some legs. We got to do some back. It's a combination of everything. You can't bake a cake with just sugar. You got to have the flour. You got to have the eggs. So it's all of those things put together that creates a really good positive mental health because I can tell you the same. We have a very similar regimen, working out, eating healthy, meditation, music's really big for me and uh, quite a few other things that are on that, on that uh, art of wellness, but it's all together because I've, I tried to do one and it just doesn't work. I tried to do the other one. And it just doesn't work. It's got to be a culmination of everything. And if you do a little bit of all of them, it's going to help a, a lot in a big way. And what I tell people who want to follow the plan is, Go on there, watch all the videos, and then go back and for one month master one of the steps. For the next month, master the next step until you reach the 10th step. And, and then go back and on a daily routine, master all the steps together. I'm telling you, I am telling you, you will change your life. Yes. Got a lot of stuff going on, but I just have two last questions for you. But before I get there, where can everybody find you? How do we uh, locate you? Where do we get the book? All that stuff. You know, uh, you can go to my website, kevinhindstory.com slash resources. Uh, that's where you can get uh, all of these great resources. You can go to um, uh, kevinhindstory.com slash shop and get these beard and shirts um, with the sea line that saved my life in the water under the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, if you don't know that story, when I did jump off the bridge, a sea lion came to my aid and kept me afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind me. Uh, and that's why I wear this proudly. Um, you can, all, and by the way, the proceeds of those of uh, that merch goes straight into suicide prevention initiatives and efforts in, in many ways and research for suicide prevention, cutting edge research. Um, you, you can go to a place where I respond, I think, to almost every comment to youtube.com slash Kevin Hines or just go on YouTube on your app and type in Kevin Hines, the circle with my face on it, um, and, and subscribe and hit that bell. There are 400-plus videos designed to better your brain health, designed to give you hope. There's a series called, a, a newer series called My Brother's Keeper, which is a podcast series of young black Americans who've triumphed over great adversity in their lives. It's a phenomenal series. Uh, we're, we're just about to make the second season of that. Um, there's a series called Mental Health Marbles, where we interview people of all walks of life who have changed their lives and helped save others. Um, it, it's just a great place to find positive media that can change your life. Look, there's far too much media that's negative and dangerous yeah. for our youth and our adults alike. This is something you can do that will benefit you every day. We launch a video there every Saturday, uh, give or take a few days, depending on uh, our busy level. Gotcha. So like I said, I just have two last questions for you. And the first one, I want to kind of set the scene and not to tell your story. I highly recommend anybody getting your book. It's one of the best books. Like I said, it really, really helped me. But let's say uh, Elon Musk has figured out a way to travel back in time 
and you here you are, you're walking from the other end of the Golden Gate Bridge, and you just see the 19-year-old Kevin Hines that was just told to get off the bus, even though he didn't want to, walking down, tears streaming down his face, wishing, hoping somebody would reach out to him, saying in his mind over and over, he's not good enough, he's a piece of you-know-what, everybody be better off without me, and you get to see him, embrace him, and hug him, what do you say to him? Well, besides the fact that I don't want to disrupt the space-time continuum, my past self, yeah, the Deadpool hat right here. So you yeah, know. but but next to that, I would say, "Hey, brother, it gets better. You're gonna have a beautiful life with hope filled through, throughout. This does not have to be your end. You don't have to do this. It's not the answer. It's the problem. And 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 I can I can walk you to a better place if you just if you just take this stroll with me." I'll be here for you, and I got your back, and um, and and you never have to attempt in the first place. Beautiful. And then, lastly, just a personal question for you: How do you build your self worth? You know, a great deal of my self worth comes from the hard work within my mental health program, but a great deal of my self worth also comes from the love of the people around me, uh, like like my wife and my father and my mother and my family and friends, um, I, I, I think they're equal parts, equal parts, hard work on my end and equal parts, the love and care from other people. And what I want to say to those of us or those of you out there who we touched upon earlier that feel so isolated and so alone, you, you can find your tribe too. Maybe it's not the family you were born into. Maybe they're not great like my family is, as in great to you and kind to you. But whatever you've been through, Whatever you're going through, keep hustling to find people that got your back. And if it's just the people on the crisis networks or crisis lines or the lifelines, that's okay too. You know, everybody deserves somebody to be kind to them. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to just say before we wrap up to all the people at home going through it right now, hurting inside, you can text right now CNQR to 741741, the crisis text line, or you can call one 800 273 8255 plus one for military. Or you can go if you're international suicide.org to find out the best lifelines for you. There are people who care. There are people that are there for you. And I'm not going to say you're not alone. What I am going to say is I value, empathize, and understand what loneliness feels like and what feeling like being alone really is. And I'm here for you in the spiritual sense. I've got your back. And you don't have to. You don't have to take your life. You're beautiful just as you are, and you're meant to be here to your natural end. I love it. Well, brother, I know we're just getting to know each other, and you don't know me from Adam. But for me, the greatest compliment that I can give another human being is that they make other people stay better. And I know you've done it countless times, but you've done that directly for me, and I'm so excited and happy that you exist. I'm excited and love what you're doing. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart, because like I said, you're a, you're a big reason why I'm still here and a big reason why I have this podcast and a big reason why <clears throat> I will spend the rest of my time, money, and effort trying to help as many human beings overcome and help them be kinder to themselves. So I appreciate you very much.
Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you the 10th degree, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kevin Hines. If you're struggling with mental health, please reach out to somebody. Use that text messaging services that he has. It's in the show notes. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Pure Spectrum CBD. Use promo code OCY at checkout and save 10% on your order. And until next time, remember, be kind to yourself.